Hello, this is Matt Slick from the Matt Slick Live podcast, where I defend the Christian faith and lay out our foundations of the truth of God's Word. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. This may sound hopeless, it may sound foolish, but uh, really, what else can you do when faced with death? What can anyone do? (laughs) So let's just plant this simple acorn here. In blood-soaked soil. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. I laughed at her and she got mad. The first day that she planted it was just a twig. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Give the heavens above more than just a passing glance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you do. Satan's objective is to oxidize God's seeds today on the Christian Car Guy. How's that for a title? (laughs) Well, it just describes what I'm talking about. So I really got this understanding this week. I wanted to share it with you and share some other really cool things that God's been teaching me. And it really has more to do with cars than, than sometimes, but the whole idea of oxidizing God's seeds. So, you know, if that's Satan's objection to oxidize God's seeds, one of the first important things we've got to understand is how do you oxidize something? <laughs> and so as a car person, I can tell you that you can oxidize something by fire. Like when your car is running down the road, it's oxidizing its fuel. That's part of what happens. The oxygen, that's why it takes more oxygen than it does fuel because oxygen is what you need to have fire. Or rust. When you see rust on a car, guess what? That's oxidation, too. It's a different kind of oxidation, but it certainly is. <clears throat> Another way that really is where my first clue came to this whole concept is when you choose something, you are oxidizing it, right? Your body needs that energy, that fuel in the food that it eats. And so when you choose something, you're oxidizing it. That's part of what you're doing. So um, Satan uses... And, and Jesus even mentioned it, right? He says, you know, rust or burn up, you know, or chewed up. In all of those cases, you've got oxidation. So if you listen to that intro, it's really, really amazing. That's actually a deleted scene from the movie The Hobbit. And having read the book, it's kind of a, a critical little understanding there that Bilbo is kind of looks like he's in the no-win situation, like everybody's going to die, and he stops in the blood bloody soil, and he plants an acorn seed um, as a recept, as you know, sort of like this hope that here life is going to come out of this place of death. And, and those seeds 
are so critical in so many different ways in life. And in, in Job 41, we're going to get all into that. And so I think you're going to end up really delighted at the end. It sounds a little down, at, you know, a little bit when we're talking about this, but I think you're going to see how cool God's plan is for all this. And you heard it at the end where it says, I hope you dance, because there's a beautiful passage in Job 41, we're talking about Leviathan, where it says that we will dance, and, and it's, a, from my perspective, a clear picture of what the end of the story looks like. So, there is a verse, and it's called verse 20 in Job 41, it reads like this. It says, out of his nostrils, and he's talking about Leviathan, which is a clearly, he's talking about Satan, who is the one, if you remember, that's kind of responsible for Job losing his 10 children and losing all his, everything that he's had has been oxidized, believe me, and especially his children. It had to be the thing that really, really hurt him. And so he, here God in verse 41 is explaining to Job about this Leviathan has essentially oxidized his seed. So... Out of his nostril goes smoke, and out of a seething pot, as, excuse me, out of his nostrils goes smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. Now, so the the key word in this particular passage, as it turned out as I studied it, was smoke. Because the word smoke, I, I'd actually been to a Bible study over the weekend, wonderful, in my neighborhood that they've started. And the, the pastor was bringing up this passage from Genesis where Job, um, excuse me, Joseph's brothers hated him. And I started to look at that word hate, and I said, hmm, that's interesting. To hate is to oxidize their seed or the seeds of faith. You know, there's this shin, which means to oxidize something, to chew it or to burn it or those kind of things. And then, so you're, when you're oxidizing somebody's seed, you're, you're essentially cutting off their line. And so if you got away with murdering Joseph, which they didn't do, they would have cut off, obviously, Ephraim and Manasseh. And that's the whole idea of why we don't want to hate our brother. And we'll get into that more. But when I looked at the word smoke, because realized I just studied hate, and now all of a sudden I switch over to smoke, and I went, oh, there's an iron in front of the word hate, meaning to see the oxidation of seeds. Well, what's that? Smoke. But really, really cool, most Bible commentators will tell you that smoke is a metaphor for God's judgment. And so when God starts burning seeds, which he, he does throughout, he's burning Satan's seeds, right? Because the way you're going to cleanse something, if you got a bunch of Satan's hate and destroy and all these things that he has sown, you know, lust, rage, all those things that he's sown, if those all laying around ready to to grow into a full-grown plant, you got to do some burning. And, and when you do that, you, you get some smoke, and that's the deal. But that's judgment, you see. But on the other side, right, and I think we've all felt some judgment coming from self-righteous people, like you feel judged when you're in their presence. <laughs> and you know what? That's hate. They're, they're, they're judging you, and it, it's like smoke. Now, since I'm pointing my finger at everybody, let me point it back at myself. So you got one going forward, you got five going back. So this is a perfect picture. It's an absolutely glorious example of road rage, okay, which I struggle with, my family will tell you. So if I look at verse 20 from a standpoint of road rage and my kids are sitting in the back seat, they see, ah, out of his nostrils is going smoke like a seething pot or cauldron. They can see me seething. They can see that 
pot of, you know, it's just smoking. And what am I doing? I'm judging the other driver, that guy that's on my bumper, right? He's right there. I'm like, I can't go any faster because there's a car in front of me. Why do you have to place yourself two inches off the backside of my car and put me in danger and my family in danger? And so I'm judging him and I'm seething. My pot is just seething. Well, there's a really cool thing in that seething pot as we begin to study that is the word for cauldron is actually reeds or bulrushes. And I'm like, what in the world? Because I'm trying to figure this out, and I love to ponder stuff like, how in the world could a cauldron be reeds? And some people would translate it that the, the pot was being boiled by reeds that were smoking a lot. That makes some sense. But as I really began to ponder, I love this picture that I got. If you've ever been to Yellowstone National Park, you've seen a hot spring. And it just so happens that one of the few plants that will grow in hot springs are bulrushes. Now, if you've ever been around Robbie when he is road raging or other times that I go off, it does remind you of Old Faithful. <laughs> it's like he's just going to be, right? You get the picture. I, Oh, my goodness. Now that the challenge is, as we're seeing this, you know, in living verse 20 and Job 41, who is this guy? Well, this is Satan himself. I mean, so out of my nostrils goes this judgment, right? Like a seething pot or a cauldron. Well, it's, it's old faithful. You know, you can see it. And so like, wow. You know how Jesus said, <laughs> if you call somebody stupid, right? It's the same as murdering them. Well, what are you going after? You're going after their seed. So this is like, whoa. Like, how can I spot this in so many different ways, and what then can I do about it? Well, when you get to Job 41.22, this is the dance part, okay? <laughs> it says, in his neck, and he's still de describing Leviathan, he says, in his neck remains his strength. And you know about being stiff-necked. I bet you've enjoyed that sometime when you tried to ride a horse. And his sorrow is turned to joy before him. Well, that word joy would be better translated, in my opinion, dance. And so the idea being, when has God gone in there and essentially, you know, oxidized your seeds, whatever that looked like, it was really, really painful. I think about the time I, I was diagnosed with cancer and I was crushed between the Jeep in the same year. There was a lot of stuff that was getting crushed. But at the same time, it was the worst of times, but it was the best of times because God came through for me so much during that time that I literally danced in sorrow. You see the picture? So the question today is, when did you dance in sorrow? When you've been under the thumb, so to speak, of Satan. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. So let's just plant this simple acorn here. In blood-soaked soil. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. Give the heavens above more than just a passing glance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or Hope you 
So today's show on the Christian Car Guy Show, Satan's objective is to oxidize God's seeds. <laughs> of course, God's objective is for us to sow, 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 right? <laughs> more and more seeds that, right, love, joy, peace, patience, all those kind of seeds. But then also think about the opportunity we have, especially here at the Truth Network, to sow God's word which is all kind of amazing seed. When we tell something, something that we read in the Bible, we possibly, with their appetite to go to the Bible to get more of the Bible, then you're sowing all sorts of seeds in your heart, which become really a, a, a literal wall against Satan's attacks. Because you might remember when you, when you talk about putting on the full armor, right? That one of those pieces of armor, obviously, you know, is is the sword of the spirit, it's, it's the word of God. So as we're thinking about this word of God and 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 is our defense against obviously Satan's attacks as Jesus did that, you know, when he was tempted, the neat thing is, is we see God come to our comfort when Satan's attacked and oxidized us, however that looked, even if it was in the road rage experience, if you turn to God in repentance and say, help me out here, um, he's, he's standing there to comfort you so that you can dance in front of your enemy. And if you think about the 23rd Psalm, the way David said it was, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. <laughs> and what a beautiful thought that, that that really is. It, what, what he's telling you is that if you'll turn from whatever it is that, that Satan is in the middle of this attack, you have a virtual feast that is waiting for you right over here in the way of comfort. And sometimes these things come on us like, you know, in Job's case, all these horrible, unbelievable things, losing his family, you know, his own illness, you know, all his friends putting him down, all these things are going on in his life. And yet God gives him this piece of encouragement in Job 41 that you can dance in sorrow. And so as you're thinking about that, I would love your story, right? Where you danced in sorrow. You know, it wasn't a good time. There weren't things that were just beautiful. But I remember my father's funeral. I, I really do. Um, of being, a, you know, a place my heart was broken. I was going to, you know, we, we'd enjoyed such a wonderful relationship. Now he's gone. Here I am. But I got a chance to to honor him and and set some things straight with a lot of people that came to his funeral that I knew were not charter members of the Bob Dillmore fan club <laughs> and explain some things about my dad and his personality and his life, you know, to just honor him. And, and so, you know, that was one of the times for me, you know, that I danced in sorrow. I could see clearly <clears throat> the table that was set before me because with whatever persecution comes you know a special kind of of I guess encouragement or a, a special kind of provision for that moment in time you're going through this God reaches out with something unique for that time and, and then you got a chance to sit it out or dance I love that song <laughs> I really do is by Leanne Womack. And 
You know, you got a chance to either sit it out because you feel bad, or you got a chance to dance. And and when you're dancing, if you think about it, you it's it's really an idea. It's th- that you can plant some of your best seeds. Because you remember in Acts when it says you're going to receive power from on high when you're my witness. Well, when he's out there comforting you, and people can see that there's something in you, there's hope and all that. You're planting some truly, truly amazing seeds of faith, okay? And, and again, getting back to the parable of the soil, you know, I could talk about that. It's just one of those things that really gets to me, that God talks about a sower goes out to sow. And, of course, there's one part in it where he says, you know, don't sow it on the hard path because the birds will come and pick it up. Well, that's there you go. There's Satan. It's a perfect example. He hates seeds, okay? He hates seeds. And if you wonder why abortion's a problem, yeah, a lot of people, you know, a lot of folks are involved in whatever they're involved in. But let me tell you who the author of that is. You look at a baby's face and you are seeing a picture of God. <laughs> I mean, it's totally innocent, totally beautiful, totally full of life and all sorts of potential. And Satan hates that. He hates it. And so he has been throughout time. You, you can go back to whatever part of the Bible you want to look at, and you're going to see Satan is going after the babies. Even when the first murder happened, right? Abel's blood cried from the ground. Part of why his blood cried from the ground is that all his seeds went down with him, right? They're all right right in there. And then it doesn't take long, and they're sacrificing their kids in the fire, right? To Baal. So you see, <laughs> there's Satan's plan again. He's oxidizing seeds. That's what he, you know, what he's done in so many different ways, and so many. But in spite of that, right? We know the end of the story. That at the end of the story, we're going to get a chance to eat at this table that's going to be set before him. There's a lot of other amazing stuff, but I got I'm. I'm kind of surprised that nobody wants to dance today. I'm all here by myself. I desperately need your calls because, you you know, I was expecting somebody. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. And again, there's so many nuggets in this passage. I did podcasts all week on Bible wonders. If you want to hear some of the other things that I picked out of this passage, it's absolutely fun to do. I've started to do that every day. So you can go to the Mike podcast, which is at christiancarguy.com and get those other Bible wonders. When we come back, we're going to talk about some scales and not the kind of scales you drive over, but we need to hear your stories about when you danced. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We'll be right back. Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. So let's just plant this simple acorn here. In blood-soaked soil. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. Give the heavens above more than just a passing glance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance. Time is a real and constant 
Is Satan's objective to oxidize God's seeds today on the Christian Car Guy show, but you know, maybe better <laughs> when have you danced in sorrow? It was very fun. I got the lines just lit up and I've got all sorts of people to talk to. I'm so excited about that, but I need to mention that coming up at one o'clock on the Truth Network Eastern Time is Amy Cabo and the Cure with some really She's got a Christian counselor coming on today talking about family struggles, specifically depression and suicide. And the question that they're kind of pondering, and you can call in live on this, is God all we need, which is a really good, really, really good question. So, well, we want to go to Laura in Raleigh, and she's got a comment on, on her seed. So I'm excited to hear it. Laura, you're on a Christian Car Guy show. Whoop. We lost Laura, so we'll go to Randy, is in Charlotte. Randy, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I am excited to hear your story. <laughs> I really am. Well, uh, a few years ago, uh, I was working on this job. I was at the hospital, working at the hospital. I was a supervisor there. I love God, been loving God for years, and they was giving me a hard time for loving on God, reading my Bible on my break. They would uh, confront me, the the head man, and and say I shouldn't do that. Well, I voiced my opinion in the way that I said this. Uh, well, people come on the job on their breaks, lunch breaks, whatever. They discuss whatever matters they desire, whether it be a party over the weekend, getting drunk. Uh, I talk about the Bible if someone approached me. I would speak to them in those terms. However, they didn't even want me reading the Bible. There was also a supervisor over me. Uh, in that uh, particular area I worked as supervisor, I would post uh, scripture on the bulletin board, maybe from Proverbs regarding wisdom, so that any passerby could read it. On right. the job. Uh, supervisor told me, you need to take that down. <laughs> I said, all right, all right, I'll obey. Took it down and not to post it again. So I did not post it again. It came to a time where they closed that particular area in the hospital, and the particular people who was trying to get rid of me there for my stand, I know it was with God. It was only Satan. Well, you know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. However, uh, it came to a time to where even my manager, her uh, director of the hospital area, it seemed like they was in cahoots to get rid of me at one time. They called me aside and said, did you remove $135 from the, uh, uh, the, uh, the vault? I said, mm. no, I did not. Where it's missing. Well, will you be willing to take a lie detector test? Sure. And I passed the test, flying colors, of which I already knew I would. And eventually, and even her director said, well, the rat didn't take the cheat. <laughs> Talking to them, saying that in front of me, I knew they were referring to me. So anyway, they eventually closed that area. And those very two people lost their job, lost their position. Wow. They moved me to another position in the hospital as a supervisor. So I was still maintaining my job. There, Satan had someone there to attack, uh, where that director in that area also confronted me about reading the Bible on my lunch break, mind you. And eventually, another supervisor, a fellow supervisor, asked me to do something I would get to it when I could. However, she went back and told the director I would not obey her order. They terminated me behind that. Eventually, they terminated me, but I rejoiced in the Lord anyhow because I knew it was wrong what went down, the way they set it up. I knew it was a setup to get rid of me. 
and I rejoiced, and I didn't try to go look for another job, and I just praised the Lord, knowing, because I went to uh, a hearing about that. Uh, forgive me. Before they closed that other area with those two supervisors, directors, uh, the females, uh, they, when they plotted to get me for taking money out of a, the, the vault, which I did not, and it was proven even by way of a lie detector, they're the ones who first had me terminated. Behind, I can't even remember what. It was a little bit of nothing. Right. I just didn't like it. I went to a hearing at that time, and they heard the case, and the uh, notice came back to me that we still find that you should be terminated. I still rejoiced in the Lord. I didn't worry about it. I had just bought a new car on top of that. I rejoiced in God and said, God, this is not right. It is not righteous. It is not uh, pleasing, even unto me. And I prayed about it, and I sought God's face, and I just rejoiced every morning, rejoiced. I went to another hearing, a second one. I was able to appeal, and he heard the case. He said he'd get back with me sometime later, which was a month later. Still in all this, I got bills to pay. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. One morning, I rejoiced in the Lord, and the phone call came through. And the man on the other end said, Baxter, yes, sir. He said, you're going to get your job back. <laughs> he said, not only that, you're going to get, he said, you're going to get paid for every day you was out. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. I hung up the phone, and I began to rejoice. Praise God. <laughs> and he said, report for work the next morning. I put on my supervisory white smock and walked in there with my hands in my pocket. You know, I was proud. And I was looking around like I was proud of what God just did in the face of the enemy. And the enemy, was still, they were still there, the same ones who got rid of me for that time, for that moment. But eventually they did lose their job. I kept mine. God is good. If you just stay with the battle, don't give up. You might not always win the battle, but you can win the war. That is so yeah. awesome, Randy. And the whole time you're reading your Bible and filling up with more seed and more seed and more seed. I mean, that's just awesome. Thank you for that story. It makes my day. God bless you. I appreciate you calling us for that. Even in the hospital, you know, they got chapels. So that's where I would go every day. That is awesome. Thank you again, Randy. God bless. I appreciate it. I got a whole bunch of other folks. So we're going to get to them. We got uh, Keith. Is in High Point's been hanging on for quite a while. Keith, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Hope. Keith, are you there? We lost Keith. So we're going to move on to Carolyn. Carolyn, I hope you're there. Carolyn and Yes. North All right. So, Carolyn, tell us your story. Okay, I'll try to condense this. Um, 30 years ago, I had what the doctors called a brain burnout, um, nervous breakdown, whatever you want to call it, I got on a, ma a monorail, uh, and air wasn't coming out, and I got claustrophobic, mm -hmm. and it got so bad that the adrenaline just kept pouring out, and it didn't stop. Wow. And so when I got off of that, um, I was a very changed person, and panic attacks, and you know I couldn't stand anything. I, I couldn't even fly home in an airplane. And so went through a really hard time, and uh, as I was really kind of going down because I got to where I couldn't sleep with anxiety for weeks, and finally had to go into a hospital 
for a month. But right before um, I got so bad in the Bible, I just opened up the Bible one day and um, and saw Jehovah Nisi in Exodus 17. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my banner of victory. And it just jumped out at me. You know, just the word, just feed your spirit. And I didn't know why (laughs) that was so powerful, but it was there. And even though during that really hard, hard time, I didn't feel God's presence, he showed up over and over and over again when I was in the hospital. Uh, The time that I had true hope that I could get better uh, was when I had asked my husband to bring one of my Christian tapes. And on that tape was First Samuel seventeen forty seven. The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is ours. Mm. And it was like feeding that spirit again, even though I just kind of mentally could not capture all of that. And also during that time, uh, there were two people that I met in the hospital. There was a special anxiety disorder program in St. Louis and um, just an incredible program to help people go through that. But one of the people, uh, he was one of the first group that went over to Vietnam. He had never slept one night. He had panic attacks, recalling what he was a part of. Another girl had a car accident. Everybody was killed but her. Mm. And she had such a fear of death that she had constant uh, Carolyn, I hate to to jump in here. Will you stay with me? Because I'm dying to hear what happened there. And not to mention, I love, love, love your story. (laughs) I mean, it's exactly the dancing with sorrow that I think only people that have gone through that can relate to. So thank you. Can you hang on for us? Oh, great. We'll be right back with so much more. We got Elder and Ann still. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. So let's just plant this simple acorn here. In blood-soaked soil. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. Give the heavens above more than just a passing glance And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance I hope you Satan's objective is to oxidize the seeds. We get to dance in sorrow today on the Christian Car Guys show, and we left our hero, Carolyn. <laughs> she, wow, um... Quite a story of, of just horrible anxiety as a result of an experience on a monorail. And then God came for her in the midst of that. And I love the fact that he often does that through music. Um, and you yeah. had you had that, uh, what what was the passage in Sam, in 1 Samuel? 1 Samuel seventeen forty seven. The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is ours. It, it really is. And, and you know... I have a Bible at home. It's actually, I gave it to my youngest daughter because she wanted it. <laughs> but it was the Bible that I had when I was really, really, really sick with, with a, a brain abscess and almost died. And, and 
the passages that were in that Bible that I wrote at that time were in red. Well, for whatever reason, I use a red pen. And so when you look through the Bible, anything that I was making notes on at the time were in red. And, and mm-hmm. it's just so precious to me because those were times, you know, where I danced in sorrow. Right. And the, the two people that I mentioned, the one who'd been to Vietnam and the other one who was in a car accident, the last day of the 30 days I was in the hospital uh, trying to learn skills and everything to control the panic attacks and right. just to be able to think and function. Um, the last day I went to both of those people. And the Lord just gave this to me. He really did. And and I asked the man, I said, would you like to know and be free of the unforgiveness for our government on what we did? And because he had, he had said that in a group therapy session that he right. could not forgive what our country did. And he just started crying, you know, because that was the core with wow. the unforgiveness. And so he... Um, he couldn't pray at that moment, but he was so humble because he said, I always knew there was more about Jesus, but I never knew how to get to him. And the girl I did the same thing with, would you like to know how to not have fear of death? And I shared the gospel with her, and she she really did accept the Lord. And the same thing, she said the same thing. I always knew there was more, but I didn't know we could have a relationship with Jesus. And so one other little thing real quick, there was when I was, uh, one day I was sitting on my bed and I felt so totally empty, really just didn't have an identity of myself anymore. And this lady walked by and she said, oh, Shekinah glory. (laughs) She said, honey, you are just shining. And I felt at that moment that Jesus was shining through me. And I knew and I know without any doubt at all who is in me and who is in us. I mean, Jesus really, really is in us. And he was the one that was shining through. And he was the one that put me back together. So when I got out, I went to my church as soon as I could, was able to go. And I went down and in front of everybody, I just said, I've been through hell, but, but God has brought me back and I wouldn't trade it for one penny. I just thought, that I was so thankful. I am so thankful. I went through all of that because of how God showed up and what he assured me of and how he changed me. Right. And when I think about it, it's so clearly what Satan meant for evil in that monoride. God used it oh, yeah. for, for such good, not only for obviously the two patients that you had a chance to sow seeds into their life, but also for all the people that are listening today because you had the courage to call, Carolyn. God bless you. I thank you so much for your story and, and for having the courage to call in and share that. Well, thank you very much. It's, You're it's welcome. been an honor. Give him glory. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Me too. So we got Elder has been hanging on absolutely forever. Elder is in Gastonia. You're on a Christian Car Guys show, Elder. Jerry, good morning. Uh, I want to thank you for taking my call. Oh, absolutely. So what do, what do you got for us? Well, uh, 2020, like probably for most people, uh, it was one of the hardest times of my life. I not just went through divorce of 24 years of marriage and 26 together, but also I went through uh, stomach cancer. And it's not the worst in life that when, you know, you lose your family, family, but you other half. 
Uh, also, you go through a lot of stress of life or death with cancer and battle with this, what I thought was by myself. But what I come in with this is I ended up finding out that I actually one door was closed, but the other one opened. And it was, to me, the biggest one, which is the, the door of my, my father, Jesus. Mm. I finally <coughs> I opened my heart. I, I was very wrong. I was loving uh, the wrong idol, which is, you know, um, we, I thought I was going to die, not just for cancer, but because I was left, because they betrayed me in many ways. But I was so wrong to when I find out that I, I should have, I was loving, giving everything to the wrong person, and you know when the Bible says you, you love Jesus no matter what, and, and nobody is bigger than Christ. Mm. I'm so blessed to go for what I went through, and, and I want to thank you too because I went to this boot camp. And you was <laughs> yeah, I met you, I, Elder, and I was like, yeah. I knew about the situation with your wife. You never mentioned the stomach cancer, though. Oh. Well, um, I don't really like to talk too much about, to be honest, just because uh, to me, uh, the marriage, uh, you know, the divorce and all that was big. But I, I just blessed that I went through all this in my life because God just reminded me, I'm here. I'm not going to let you go. I have a wonderful personal relationship with the Lord that I will not trade for anything. I have a lot of peace in my heart, and that has no value. Yeah, you uh, dan- you danced in sorrow. I get that completely. I you know, I know right where that where that place is. And Elder, you know, you are a dear man. I, I'm so grateful that I got a chance to spend time with you at that boot camp and for calling in. Same here. Yeah. Same here. And uh, not just you. I mean, honestly, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Christian male that was at that boot camp that have been following you guys for the last few years, ten years or more. Uh, that I met, I had the pleasure to meet many of them, and they give me a lot of advice, good advices, and, and I can't wait to go back to that boot camp again. And, uh, <laughs> um, Jerry, I just want to thank you, big, big, big time with the bottom of my heart for well, all thank you, you. For the community. I think we're we're fixed to get it up in April. We're we're working on a date right now. A little tough in the times, but we'll, we'll get it together. Thank you, Elder, so much. God bless you. Thank you, Robin. God bless right. you. Bye bye. Well, Lynn, we got her to call back <clears throat> from Raleigh, so we're going to try to get her in like 20 seconds. So, Lynn, I don't want people to miss out on your seat. If you can condense it as quick as you can, go ahead. Hi, good morning, <laughs> and thanks again. Um, basically, I, I could really relate to the lady that called before this gentleman did uh, that had something with, with the trouble with the monolith, is it? Yeah, well, she had uh, anxiety, right. Can you go real quick, yeah. Lynn? I'm sorry. I was outside of a hospital sitting on a bench, and I was physically not well. Uh, I was scared, and I, I, I leaned down, and I was starting to cry really hard. And I was said, Lord, if you're real, please help me. And uh, he did, powerfully. <laughs> we can hear. And so you danced in sorrow. Well, yes, I did. That is beautiful, Lynn. Thank you for calling back and sharing that. I hate we're out of time. I really, really do. I'd love to hear. So we're going to get more story from Lynn and another show coming up soon. Meanwhile, thank you for listening to Christian Car Guys show. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. And this week, as we get opportunities, dance in sorrow and show the world what it means to have Jesus.
This is the Truth Network.